When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn. Pain. Been around since before the wheel that Pain. Ain't it funny how our hearts still feel Back at the Sports Complex here on The Horn on a Friday afternoon. Got my man Rob Babers in studio. Aaron Hogan out at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas. It is a big Texas OU preview show. Getting ready for the big game tomorrow morning. If you want to watch that game, uh, I, myself, and Jacob Sander will be out at the Fieldhouse at the crossover. Drink specials. Big t- big screen TV. The weather is going to be beautiful. It's going to be a great time if you want to come out there and join us. And you can listen to the pregame show 9 to 11 right here on the horn with Rob Babers and Aaron Hogan. Uh, we're going to be keep talking Texas OU. It is 512 Friday. You're not heard. This is Brody Lane. They're going to be playing Sunday at the Saxon Pub doing nice. a benefit show for Ham. Uh, so an awesome cause there and a good thing for some Brody Lane. Which I know, I know my man Rob Babers has heard. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm a fan. Has heard them rehearse. I've heard them rehearse. Yeah, in the neighborhood, baby. <laughs> in the neighborhood. It's a fam. <laughs> my people. Uh, let's throw it back out to my man Aaron Hogan out at Terry Black's Barbecue. I think they just, you know, he needed a break in that last segment to get some more barbecue down before we continue yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> food coma time is on board. It's, uh, it's too good. The food is too good. The uh, people are great. Uh, Longhorn fans getting excited about this game and uh, getting cranked up. And Terry Black's Barbecue is our location. Uh, we are right here on Main Street in uh, downtown Dallas, East Dallas, the Deep Ellum area. So come on out. Uh, plenty of parking, uh, easy parking, too. And then you can eat and hang out. And uh, Bud Light is uh, helping us get here as well. Terry Black and his team and uh, so much fun. And the Inside Texas guys are hanging out for a little while longer. Jerry Hamilton and Bobby Burton, they were here doing their live web stream on the On Texas Football Channel this afternoon and uh, were nice enough to hang out with us. Uh, what did you guys order? What, what was your uh, your menu go-tos here? Brisket and sausage sandwich. There uh, you go. Jalapeno cheese uh, <laughs> sausage hit, hit the spot for me. Gee, and your son ate too, right? What did you guys oh, go? Oh, brisket sandwich all the way, a little mac and cheese. Yeah, brisket is king. Yes. Brisket is king. And too much sweet tea, <laughs> which I'm still drinking right now. Um, That's perfect. Hey, can, I, can I throw this out there for the brisket conversation real quick? This is going to be – I know people are going to say this is blasphemous, but I believe in the barbecue – Conversation that brisket is a little overrated. I'm just gonna say that. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 I I think ribs ribs should maybe be. you've only been looking at Lincoln Riley. No, no, no. <laughs> I've had the best brisket. I'll tell you, all of my barbecue joints that I go to, and I frequent a lot of them. And Terry Black's is one of the best, of course. I just think the ribs, you know, the ribs are underrated yeah. usually, and the brisket. Oh, not saying the, the brisket isn't great, but it's like Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley is overrated, <laughs> but he's he's still he's still great. He's awesome. But he's a little overrated. That's all. He's not the king of rock and roll. He's just you know one of the one of the founding fathers. That's all. Nothing wrong with that. I would say I would say this to you, Rod. Uh, it is harder to cook brisket properly than any other cut of meat. That's true. That, probably, that, that yeah. is that's that's why it's a little bit of an art form mixed with uh, 
savoriness, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, when you okay. get the bark right. You know what? Yeah. This, yeah, this, yeah. That supports my theory, Bobby, that everybody can't do it good. So you can't just be eating everybody's bristles because it's so hard to cook. It means you can't do it good. So my theory about it being overrated mostly is actually supported by your point. Yeah, and Lincoln Riley needs help. He does need help with uh, brisket because he does not do it. He does it as poor. It's almost as bad as his tackling on his team for crying out loud. Oh, wow. No, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, but, you I know, mean, I, I know this for Terry Black and their crew here. I, when I talked to Terry in the summer, he said our big challenge right now, we only use prime briskets. We only use the prime cuts, and there, there's a shortage. They couldn't get enough of them for their spot, so he was having a hard time. But uh, they're good. They're good now. They're, it all has come back home. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. I just, I just had banana pudding in the uh, – <laughs> i, I got to be honest. <laughs> I, I snuck a banana pudding in during the break. Here Bobby, heard, Bobby heard long break, and we didn't see him for 15 minutes. <laughs> I, I went and got me a banana pudding. Oh, man. There's, it's, like, it's like being a kid again right there. Did it have the uh, Nilla wafers in it? Yes, it did. With nice. a little whip, bit of whipped cream. Oh. <sighs> Yes, sir. Terry Black's Barbecue, Main Street in Dallas. We're talking Texas OU. We're counting down the hours now, 18 hours to this game. Texas is uh, favored and people are confident. But, uh, uh, Rod, I heard you and Patrick talking during the, the, long, the, the last segment there. Where are, where are you guys on this poll question? Most important quarter in this game for, for either team. Uh, what's the most important quarter for Texas for you, Jerry? What's the most important quarter for Oklahoma? First, imp- Most important uh, quarter for Oklahoma's first quarter, no doubt about it. Um, they have to have some offensive success and show they can uh, slow down the Texas run game early. Uh, for Texas, biggest quarter is third quarter for me. Mm. Um, hopefully you win and you defer. Uh, you, you have a strong first half. You get the ball in the second half. And uh, one thing, and I go back to one of my big keys for Texas in this game, it, it, where the recruiting has started paying off on the field is being able to run the football when you want to and when you're forced to. Um, and, and if – you can start the second half, and your big guys have been leaning on Oklahoma with a little bit of success. It sets you up really well for the second half, and that gets into when you want to run the football and take control of a game fully. Bobby? Fourth quarter for me. Uh, ultimately, I think OU is going to start fast on offense. They have in every single game this year. Uh, it is their MO. Uh, because of the tempo, teams take a while to get used to it. While Texas is, is I think, going to be the best by far defense they see all year. Uh, OU is known for quick strikes. They'll, they'll have some plays dialed up, not unlike what Lincoln Riley used to when he started this series. He would yep. always come out with some new stuff that, that Texas hadn't seen in a little bit. So I fully expect that. Now, I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, but that's kind of what I see. Therefore, the fourth quarter is when I think this game is going to ultimately be decided. And if Texas – if Texas has a chance in the fourth quarter, I like the run game. Uh, I like the defensive line for Texas at the same time. Those two things combined give Texas a, a real advantage going into the fourth quarter. If it's tied, close, what have you, uh, that's, what, that's what it's going to take. I heard you talking earlier, Rod. Rod, you now watch some film. You watch some of the Iowa State game uh, while you're holding your baby and uh, changing diapers and whatnot. What uh, What did you see on up from Oklahoma that, that in your tape study this week that you that, that gives you pause as a Texas fan? And what did you really like seeing as a Texas fan that maybe Texas can go after on both sides of the ball? Uh, some more things that I liked uh, versus Iowa State. I mean, that first half, Iowa State, which is at this point, I mean, they are talent 
uh, you know, they had a talent deficit, if you will, because of the gambling scandal. Uh, they're at a point now where a lot of guys are playing that they didn't expect to play, still trying to find their way. But their opening game, opening, oh, I said the first half game plan, um, and even their opening script versus Oklahoma was really successful. They had three uh, runs of 15-plus yards in the first half, and they had three passes of 15-plus yards in the first half. You're talking about six explosive plays, big chunk yardage plays down the field, 51-yard touchdown reception, 60-something yard touch, uh, uh, reception as well. And in the second half, Oklahoma did a great job of making adjustments. They only had one, I would say they only had one completion of 15-plus yards in the second half. But there are a lot of things that they put on film that I think Texas can not only replicate that Iowa State did, but I think they can actually, you know, take it to the next level and, and really uh, and really stress that Oklahoma secondary and defense. They make a lot of plays on the football, though, and, and they've been doing it all year. They lead the, the, the NCAA, lead the college football all over, a tied, I believe, with 10 interceptions. So that's big. Texas doesn't turn the football over, but in this game, crazy things happen. If Texas ends up being a little turnover prone somehow, that can really flip this, flip the odds of this game. Yeah, highest-ranked team, Patrick, that uh, Oklahoma's face is 51. That is uh, mm. SMU. Mm. And that game was 14-11 fourth quarter and a mm. um, little tighter than it <laughs> needed to be. Uh, and obviously Texas has been there too with Wyoming and, uh, and, and Kansas at, at one point. But Kansas is a ranked team. Kansas lot, I mean, double high rank, twice as high, highly ranked as, uh, as the best team Oklahoma's played. And they played a couple teams in the hundreds. They played Iowa State, as Rod just mentioned last week. Uh, so this is their big, big step up. Uh, so, Patrick, for both teams, it's the best quarterback either team has faced, and certainly for Oklahoma, this is the best team te- that, that they you know, stepped on a football field with. Yeah, it is. And, and something to be said about what Texas has been able to do this season is that even with the, if Ryan Watts is out, the rotation they've been running on defense has seemed to keep the defense much fresher in the fourth quarter. And when we talk about this matchup, you know that OU's a year behind Texas in just bringing in these players and bringing the talent. They don't quite have the same depth. So I think that fourth quarter is going to be very vital for Texas because it is where you're going to be a little bit more fresh as Texas, especially on that defensive end where you can kind of keep rotating and you will still have defensive linemen that are coming right at Dylan Gabriel. You'll still have cornerbacks that can cover the ball and hopefully you'll still have safeties that can go deep and try and stop the long ball. But in reality, I think that rotating defense for Texas has been a huge adjustment to kind of keep them fresh because they now have that depth. I don't know if Oklahoma has that depth to be able to really dig down in that fourth quarter. So I think the fourth quarter could be big, and it's something that Oklahoma hasn't faced yet because they're playing teams that don't have the initial depth, much less the guys behind that. I think Good that's point. interesting. I read an article on Inside Texas this morning. I uh, can't remember who wrote the article, but it, it pointed out that the the you know great linebacker for Oklahoma, Danny Stutzman, has played like almost 300 snaps this year. Jalen Ford just over 240. Uh, those are the two best players on either defense, uh, it, and it shows you that the only three guys on the Texas team that have uh, you know been on the field for 75 percent of the snaps in in three different games. Uh, but I do think, Jerry, and you could agree or disagree, that they tighten it up a little bit tomorrow. I agree. Uh, tighten it up. And this is where you've kind of been saving Jalen Catalan maybe for a, for a big game here. We saw him in the, in the Alabama game play a lot more snaps, make sure he's healthy. Uh, do you think it tightens up a little bit? Even with the Ryan Watts injury, uh, seeing your best players on the field, and they still should be fresh knowing the bye week is coming up. No, I, I do expect them to tighten it up a little bit more. Uh, they did in the Alabama game more so and, and I expect that uh, tomorrow against Oklahoma as well I, and I'll tell you uh, another big point to that guys is um, is discipline on the field um, look it, 
how many times did you watch Alabama in, when Nick Saban was in his runs and say Alabama never beat themselves? Never. Ever, right? You can't count on one hand the times they got a 15-yard penalty at a crucial time. I think one of the things, um, I expect Texas to tighten it up a little bit tomorrow as far as the rotations. I think penalties, Rod, are handling the emotion, especially early in this game. That's why I said first quarter is Oklahoma's most important quarter. They are a much more penalized team than Texas is. A considerable amount. That's right. Even against that competition. That's right. And they haven't been pushed to the limit physically yet either. They're going to be pushed to the limit physically tomorrow. How do they handle that? Uh, and Texas has been unbelievably disciplined uh, this year. They were unbelievably disciplined at, at Alabama. Do they control their emotions and not make the first couple of dumb penalties tomorrow of the season? I think that's so critical for Texas because when you come in with advantages and uh, Oklahoma has to play uh, the closer to A-plus game the win than Texas does tomorrow. Oklahoma's a Texas is a better team. But the one thing that can negate that is if you – Get yourself off schedule with penalties. You have dumb 15-yard penalties. Your emotion takes over, and and you do some uncharacteristic things to this point to the point this season. Agreed, uh, Bobby. Do you think it tightens up? Do you think because uh, I have said and I talked to Jerry and, and Rod about it this morning. I picked Jalen Catalan to be the Viking fence defensive player <laughs> yes, of the game. I think call. I think he's uh, and again part of it is I, I think they've been kind of saving him for this, you know, to, to really get after it. But he was at Arkansas for three years playing against a, the Kendall Bryles offense in practice every day. He knows this offense, and he's a he's a football junkie. He's a football IQ guy. Uh, he's going to have some things for for Oklahoma and Jeff Levy, uh, knowing the tendencies, knowing this offense. Uh, I think he can be a big factor in this game. In addition to Jade Bear and Jalen Ford, the guys we've come to come to know, it, this could be his breakout game. I hope it is. I, I mean, I really think that they they put him on a pitch count uh, in many respects, other than Alabama. But a pitch count up to this point, uh, and uh, th- it's time to let him go a little bit. I think it's time for us to see uh, exactly what kind of force he can be in the run game on a consistent basis. And, and I will go back to it. I really think they're going to try to throw the ball to the outside. They're going to try to get Dylan Gabriel completing 80 to 85% of his passes instead of just 75. And they're going to use that outside throwing game to try to move the sticks. They're going to try to get that to third and three instead of third and eight. That's just what they're going to do. And uh, because I don't think I don't think Oklahoma wants to see Texas rush the passer with Anthony Hill, no. Ethan Burke, uh, Jalen Ford. I I just don't see it. I don't think they have the running backs. I don't think they they're not great in pass pro at, at the running back position right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so in, they're they're going to do what they can to stay out of third and long. I, I'm just telling you now, if if Texas gets them in third and long early in this contest. It's going to be a long, long day for the Sooners and a really nice one for the Longhorns because Texas right now with Pete Kwiatkowski, and and Rod can talk to this especially, they have gotten so much better on third and long right now. It's almost ridiculous. Yeah, Rod. Uh, Rod, one year. Rod, speak to those DBs, man. Bobby's right, and I don't think you guys – they don't have a running back to 200 yards for the season yet. Uh, and they've really been a weird rotation for what they're doing with their running backs. Um, if, if indeed that short passing game, those quick passes are their, their, their kind of run game to stay ahead of the chains, uh, big for Jade Barron, big for the corners, big for your position to come up and be physical. 
Uh, yeah, and I trust those guys to be physical. I mean, obviously, Ryan Watts, if he's healthy, that's a big part of his game. Uh, Jade Barron has been fantastic, right? He's uh, probably one of the most in- instinctive DBs uh, in, in all of the conference, probably in the country, and put, especially the way he plays the run and the way he plays the quick underneath, pa- underneath passing game. Um, you know, and also, you know, I, I agree with Bobby. I think. Jeff Levy's smart enough to know that his running game right now is a little bit limited. Uh, Why would you, you know, keep banging your head up against that brick wall? Uh, You can actually, if you're losing the numbers game uh, up front, you can win the numbers game elsewhere on the football field, and maybe that's outside. And that's a natural, uh, really kind of a natural adjustment for the veer and shoot anyway, is really to to spread you out and try to stress you horizontally. And you can do that with that, that that short passing game, which essentially up being a long handoff, the extension of the running game. So I think Bobby's on to something there too. Yeah, uh, agreed. And their running game is weird uh, at this point. It's just mm-hmm. we even talked to our, our Oklahoma insiders, and they don't get it. Um, you know, coming into the year, you thought Javante Barnes and uh, um, Marcus Major. Yeah, uh, who's the other guy? They got uh, Sawchuck. Sawchuck. They saw Gavin Sawchuck and uh, Javante Barnes would be the one-two punch. Barnes is apparently in the dog, or uh, Sawchuck's apparently in the doghouse. Marcus Major is under four yards a carry, but he's their leading uh, ball carrier. Uh, you know, it's, it's a Tywee Walker, the kid from Las Vegas, had a big game against uh, Tulsa that didn't play. It's kind of like, it sounds like the, the Tom Herman years where you're just not sure what's happening. I, I'm telling you, I think they have issues in pass protection at the quarterback spot. Well, that makes sense then. Spot. And that's why Marcus Major is getting the majority of the carries. Bigger back. He's yeah. the bigger back of them. Bigger back and uh, smarter, a little bit older. Yeah. Um, and they're, they are a pass first team. They've decided. If you have a quarterback that's completing 75% of his passes and is good with the long ball, be a pass first team. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, you're scoring yep. as much as anybody in the country right now. So I get it. Um, I, I just feel like Texas has to come out ready to defend the outside pass uh, and not get beat over the top. I, I don't think they're going to test Texas. If they test Tavondre te- 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 Sweat, that, that's not real smart. That's not especially with the, the line they have. I wouldn't do it. Well, Rod, uh, Rod, Rod, then take I that. And if that's the game plan, then we agree on that. From the defensive back side and the safety side, how are you? Uh, what's your PK game plan for that? I mean, you could you could win with the lighter box at that point. It feels like. Uh, yeah, I mean, Texas has really good defenders uh, in their uh, with their rush defense. If they play with a light box, it'd be a light box with Tafundre Sweat and Byron Murphy and. Guys like Alfred Collins and Jalen Ford, you have some of the best rush defenders in all of college football. So Texas could end up, you know, being just fine because they're not going up against a really potent running attack. Oklahoma's averaging less than four yards per carry. I think PK is going to start off with two high shells. That's two high, two deep safeties, and initially deter Dylan Gabriel from a deep read um, and try to win the numbers advantage in the passing game. Because I agree, I think you shut down the deep passing game for for Oklahoma. It really does hand, handicap this entire offense. They can't beat you with the running game. It's not uh, prolific enough. They can't deep beat you with the deep pass if you game plan against it. And then they'll have to beat you with the short to intermediate game. And we just talked about the DBs and their ability to close um, and make tackles in the open field on the short underneath passes. So I would take that game plan all day. Yeah. 
And you know who did that well, Jerry, was Cincinnati. Cincinnati yeah. and Oklahoma scored 20 points in that game. Uh, now, they, they only allowed six because Cincinnati was not very good in the red zone themselves. Uh, but only 20 points. They took away the big plays and forced Oklahoma to go to the length of the field. And if Oklahoma scores 20 points tomorrow, Texas will win by double digits. In yeah, my mind. yeah, I would think. If not, something's gone drastically wrong offensively for Texas, that's for sure. A lot of turnovers, A if lot that's the case. Yeah. Well, and that's the key. I mean, in, in this game, uh, speaking of turnovers, I mean, look um, – you can handle a turnover in this game. You can't handle turnovers inside your own 30 in this game where you give away points. Yep. I mean, that's that's the key. I mean, uh, to me in this game is, is turnovers will happen by somebody in this game tomorrow, but you better not turn the ball over inside your own 30 tomorrow where you're giving up three points at best or seven points at worst. Yeah, uh, and one thing I've noticed doing, uh, uh, and thanks to Bobby and everybody for letting me be a part of the uh, watch-along, oh, the, awesome, the, the watch great. with us on Inside Texas and the On Texas Football Channel, it's been a blast. One of the things, that, that, and Rod and I have talked about this, Jonathan Brooks guts it up in there and takes off. C.J. Baxter sometimes, once he gets through the first line of defense, will, will dance a little, and then he'll get caught from behind. That scares me because uh, you know Venables has seen that on, on tape. Uh, let's chop this guy. Let's see if we can get the ball on the ground because sometimes he'll hesitate once yeah. he gets through the line. He's a young running back trying to learn to play at the college level to this speed. Those, those scare me when, when you know, there's a big dude like a tackle or a, a lineman coming behind as he slows down to try to, to, to dance a little. Those are the ones that really worry you. I think we'll – I, I, I want to say this. I think we'll continue to see Cedric Baxter get better and better. I agree. you got to remember, he's a young back. Sure. Um, he has talent and ability that very few people have because of his size. Um, he's going to end up being 235. 200, I mean, he's going to be a big back and be able to carry the load. Um, whether or not he'll get a ball pop from – look, Venables knows, I, I want to say this, Rod mentioned earlier that they're one of the best in the country at turnovers and creating turnovers. Venables knows that that is how this defense can make up for some of what they're not. That's mm-hmm. right. Is, yep. is the turnovers. Yep. And so he is willing to risk a little bit for, to get a little bit in return. He has to. And so they will swipe at the ball. You're right about that, Aaron. They will give up 60-yard passes to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. because they're going to gamble a little bit. That, that time they guess right is going to be a turnover, and then they're going to give their ball back to a quarterback that completes 75% of the passes and go, go on their way. Uh, that, that's, that's their mm-hmm. – I think Venables in that way is playing to the strengths of his team with his defensive style. I, I'm a firm believer, and, I, and we were talking about it on the live stream. You know, uh, against a pocket pass quarterback, you want to bring pressure up the middle, right? Uh, you don't want him to step up and climb the pocket. I'm a firm believer tomorrow you're going to see Venables try to make Quinn Ewers move horizontally, laterally. I'm, I, he's been climbing the pocket. He's gaining more confidence playing in the pocket. How do you take away that confidence he's gained as he's matured as a quarterback? I, this is where I say Brent's going to bring the kitchen sink at this guy. I think he's going to bring a lot of outside pressures tomorrow and force Quinn to play laterally more the, than the, stepping the problem, up in the pocket. The problem with that is I don't think OU has a guy up front that really can get pressure up, up no, the middle. I think, I, think he's bringing, no. I think he's bringing corners. But, I think he's bringing it, everything. But that's not, he's going to be risky. He's that's be not risky. up the middle. No, I know. That's, that's not up saying. the middle. That's, basic, that's forcing him up. I, that, that, that is right now, look. Trill Carter, I want to put this out there. Trill Carter is a guy that would start for OU. Correct. Yeah, and he doesn't play much at Texas. Yeah. I, he's, he's playing more. Yeah, I, sure. I will say that. But they are not they, – they will play a, a spirited game tomorrow, 
in my opinion, but they're not going to suddenly become pass rushers. No. Well, and Rod, I mean, they, they may be effective. They may be play everything with they with they got, but they're not. To, to Rod's point, they're not suddenly going to become a great run team. They're not suddenly going to become a great interior pass no. rush team mm. unless it deals with a cross buck mm. blitz with their linebacker, which has gotten Texas in trouble before. Jake Majors and, and DJ Campbell and even Hayden Connor have had trouble trading off on that. Yeah, That's the one that you're Communication. About. It's been better since that Rice game, but it's a great point. Mm-hmm. And, Rod, you and I played the cut the sound this morning of uh, Colt McCool on with Colin Cowherd yesterday. He likes Texas going away, but he did say – you know, Brett Venables was the D.C. when he was facing him. That's right. And he said no one confused him more. Uh, no one threw things he hadn't seen before. That's obviously the game plan against Quinn Ewers is to yep. throw him some smoke, throw him some things that uh, make him hesitate and see if they can get something home. Hey, the, uh, the, the best thing uh, uh, about winning, being a 5-0 and Oklahoma right now, not being tested, is that he's got a lot left in the bag. Yeah. He hasn't had to bring it out defensively. Okay. At all. All right, guys. Uh, you guys going to hang for a little while longer? Got another segment in? You got to get going. I'm good. All right, like we're doing the roundtable thing. Rod and Patrick are in the Horn headquarters. We are at Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Big D, Dallas. Uh, we are minutes from the Cotton Bowl, like literally minutes uh, from the, uh, the big game site tomorrow where college game day will be. We'll come on out and join us if you're already up here in Dallas and listening on the Horn app or uh, however you're finding us. Or if you're making your way here, plenty of parking, plenty of spots. Come on out to Terry Black's Barbecue, Main Street in Dallas. Coming back, uh, Patrick and Rod. Yep, we'll be right back here. 512-447-3776 is the text line. Keep hitting us up. We're asking you what will be the most important quarter for the game uh, for Texas in this game. Hit us up, and we'll be right back with more of the big Texas OU coverage here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Sports Complex. Afternoons 5 to 7. On the horn. Fairy tales at the Astrodome. I dropped out of TSU. Where did I go wrong? Fake diamonds on my neck. I had my mind on chrome. Egg easy number one. Baby mama back home. I thought, bless her heart. It wasn't her fault. She had got caught up in the Texas two step. I lost. I fell. I cried. Then got right back on my feet. It didn't take long to overcome. With all my dreams in my reach. The house burned. The spouse burned. I got rebellious. Too much more liquor and left turns. The world turned. Uh, baby mama back home for real this time. Back on the Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon, a special Texas OU preview show with my man Rob Babers in studio. Aaron Hogan out at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas. It is still a 5-1-2 Friday, though, playing some local music that you can go check out live around town this weekend. This is DZ Brown. He is going to be out at Central Machine Works tomorrow night. So check out some DZ Brown tomorrow He's always extremely talented. Every time I've seen him live, always like kills that. it. I like this one. What's the name of it? DZ Brown. Oh, the name of this song? The name of the guy. The name of the song is uh, My Little Black Turbo 5000. <laughs> okay. I like it, though. It's nice. I like it. There you go. And uh, we'll go rejoin our friend Aaron Hogan out at Terry Black's Barbecue. I know, Terry. I know, Aaron, you spent some time out at the uh, at the Astrodome and at 
in all, all those good places as well. Yes, yes, no doubt. The Ast- is that where DC, where DC Brown's from, the Astrodome? I think DC Brown's from Mainer, but he has spent time at Astroworld. And that, mm. he's, Astro, he's, he's, oh. he, he shouted him out at the beginning of the song. Yeah. Oh, I, I had a season pass to Astroworld for two summers when I was a kid. Me too, buddy. I had a season, I had a season pass to the, the what is the water park part of it? Oh, yeah, it's called Waterworld. Waterworld. Hey, n- nowadays, Rod Babers would have filmed this commitment going down the slide like 60 miles an hour <laughs> wearing a Texas hat. That's what recruiting is nowadays. <laughs> oh, man, you know what? With, with ACL Festival in town this weekend, the first concerts I ever saw were at Astroworld. They had a, a concert series one of they the did. summers. So yeah. I saw Brian Adams come on tour and his uh, you know, Cuts Like a Knife tour or whatever that was. Uh, those were the, those were my first concerts. You'd be riding the Cyclone and then go see Brian Adams or whoever was rolling through there. And that uh, really started my, my live music affinity, which is pretty cool, too, this weekend with the weather turning, ACL Fest, and, and uh, Patrick spinning the, uh, the jams. Think about that. You've got some of the best bands in the world at ACL Fest for, for three days and then still great live music all over Austin, which is pretty darn cool. We're live here at Terry Black's Barbecue. In downtown Dallas, Deep Ellum, Main Street, uh, east of downtown Dallas, but it's still considered downtown. Uh, and I wanted to, before Jerry and Bobby have to peel out, because they've been here since 1.30 or so, thanks to Alice, by the way, the manager here at the Dallas location. She's been phenomenal helping us out, set up, and, uh, uh, you know, Terry Black is, is here and, and in charge, but takes good people, takes a staff. You had a staff, Bob, at your restaurant, Bobby. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And I think that, uh, you know, you can tell when people are helpful and, and like, truly want to help as opposed to the, oh, this is my job. Yes. Uh, they they want to help. Yep. It was really nice today to see because not not only did one person come out, like three or four came out, and uh, Jerry and I, have you mentioned, yep. have been here since about 1.30. Uh, it's just a nice spot. I mean, I like how they've got it shade. they got shade with the – Overhang. They've got uh, nice old wooden tables that uh, people feel like they're kind of at home. Yep. Uh, hanging out in the backyard like an old beer garden almost. <laughs> exactly. Uh, down in New Braunfels or something. Yeah, and there's an upstairs patio where you get the sunshine if you want inside. It just keeps going. Really cool spot. Terry's done a heck of a job. But, Jerry, while we got, got you for our audience that's uh, driving up here or listening back in Austin or on the Horn app, wherever they are, uh, the recruiting side of this. We talked to you this morning about it. That is your, your specialty as the senior recruiting analyst. Uh, it's a huge game, but more for the class of 2025 and 26 than even what we're doing in 2024. Yeah, I think it's, it's much like the, uh, the Texas w- uh, game at Alabama. Uh, everybody was looking at the visitor list, all the kids coming into that game that Alabama was bringing into the game. Uh, but the, the majority of those kids were 2025, 2026, so juniors and sophomores in high school. And where that win uh, was big for Texas and Tuscaloosa is with old, uh, younger kids in the southeast region. And tomorrow, it's an 11 a.m. kick. Kids have games on Friday night. You have homecoming. You have a lot of things going on this time of year. A lot of the hay's already in the barn in the 24 class. And so the majority of these kids uh, that we've put on the visitors list at Inside Texas uh, this week, they're all 2025, 2026, even the best 2027 kid in the country at wide receiver at DeSoto has 30 offers. He's coming to the game. So it's a really sh- a showcase game once again for Texas for the future recruiting classes. Now, I just dropped a, some news on Inside Texas before he came on air. Xavier Filsamy, the safety, uh, five-star safety out of McKinney, he's originally from Orlando, Florida. He's committed to Florida. He's going to the game tomorrow. So Texas will have a couple of 2024 targets in attendance they're going after, but by and large we're talking juniors and sophomores. And a lot, almost all of the top junior offensive linemen in the state of Texas are going to be at this game tomorrow. 
Uh, I mean, Michael Fasusi is a stud tackle up at Louisville. Uh, the kid I saw at DeSoto yesterday is about 6'7", 385. Um, I mean, all those kids, Ty Haywood at Denton Ryan, all those top offensive linemen are going to be in the Cotton Bowl on those Texas tickets tomorrow, um, and they all see what uh, Sarkeesian and Flood are building with large humans. Like Byron Washington said at DeSoto yesterday, Aaron, I see a lot of guys like me at Texas right now, and that's what I like about it. Nobody's as big as he is, but at least they're somewhat the size Maybe Cam he is. Williams is, comes close. There's a I mean? couple of 17 shoes, maybe not 18s. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big boy. I saw that picture. And then you said earlier that he said that everybody in Dallas is going to Texas. I, mean, I think that's, I, that's a huge statement from a, a junior in high school. That, that's how much just change under Sark, Aaron. That's a great point. I mean, look. Tom Herman, to say he struggled in DFW, be very nice. And it's a Friday, so I'll be very nice. Um, but uh, it was a disaster. And Sark and Jeff Banks knew coming in, they had, to, they had to repair some relationships in the DFW area. And they had to win in DFW because they knew the talent. Because they were at Bama. They recruited all the same players. They recruited all the same schools. They knew how much talent was coming up in the next three classes in Texas, and they had to win big in DFW, and they done so. I mean, we talked about it early. Anthony Hill, a flip from A&M. Manny Muhammad picked Texas over Bama. The night before he commits to Texas, Nick Saban's on the phone with him an hour and a half trying to get him not to commit to Texas. Uh, you just go down the list, John Tay Cook. I mean, those are huge. Colin Simmons in this class at Duncanville is the best edge pass rusher in the country. Uh, so they've had some huge wins in Dallas, and a lot of those kids are going to be on the field looking to make big plays, some of them for the first time in this game tomorrow. Uh, Rod Babers, that's big because you've had the numbers that uh, Atlanta, you know, the Atlanta area, the biggest uh, recruiting base right now for recruiting players that end up playing on Sundays, uh, Dallas and DFW right behind them. And if you can have an Alabama win where you, you solidify oh. some relationships in the deep south, because you just beat Alabama at, at Tuscaloosa and then follow it up with a win over a, a 5-0 and Oklahoma team to solidify some things in the DFW and uh, these big Texas recruiting battles with Oklahoma. That's really, really a, uh, you know, they could go win the Big 12, but maybe bigger the recruiting uh, wins that you put together for the future. Well, you see probably, what, between the two, 100 kids that are going to have Texas offers will have seen two big wins. Yeah. Right? Um, Jerry, the, the Xavier Philosemi guy is a big – that's a big knock because Texas doesn't have that second safety yeah. in this class. Uh, I, I Don't undersell that because I, I would say this, Texas is not – I mean, Miles Davis out of Converse Judson uh, is a player that Texas has talked to and been yeah. looking at. He's committed to A&M. Uh, he's potentially looking at changing from A&M. But if a, a safety better than Miles Davis comes along, I think Texas is going to take a long look there too. Yeah, no doubt. And this is what Sark and the staff have done. They evaluate, I call it recruit through the whistle. They evaluate through the whistle. Um, and, and they fill their needs as they go. They don't walk away from A-list targets. Xavier Filsamy from Orlando, everybody just thinks, okay, nobody's surprised he committed to Florida. Everybody thinks he's heading back to Sunshine State for college. But you, he's a guy that's a talented enough prospect that, uh, you give it a run. I mean, you give that recruitment a run. Um, that doesn't mean you're going to get them, but you give it a run. And that's where I, I like what this staff does. I mean, they, they recruit the best of the best. They don't go to the B list of targets. And, uh, look, I mean, there's a, a – guys, we haven't talked about it. There's a big game in College Station tomorrow, too, that impacts recruiting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, if, if people if, if the rumors are true and Jalen Milrow is not 100%, you know, that's a big game. There's two huge games in this state for recruiting tomorrow. The one a few miles away – and the one in College Station. I mean, no, it doesn't get much bigger in this state than Texas and OU playing. 
and Alabama visiting A&M three hours later. Yeah, that's huge. Rod, your thoughts on uh, uh, the recruiting effort by the Longhorns? Uh, yeah, I think it's been great. I love uh, Sark's focus on premium positions. You know, in the NFL, we talk about you know the value of positions all the time, and more about the devaluing uh, devaluation of the running back position. But uh, you know, you look at left tackle at the University of Texas; that's a premium position. You look at uh, quarterback, premium position. Wide receiver is a premium position in the NFL cornerback is considered a premium position all these positions that are geared towards and around the passing game and Sark who's got an, he's an NFL guy got some NFL uh, background as well you can already tell that you know the premium positions of the NFL is something that he also values in his offense and it could just be because it's a lot of pro principles built within his offense but he's that's why NFL coaches like his rosters because all the guys he has now that are playing at a really high level that he has prior Prioritize. They are also the premium position the NFL prioritizes. Hey, Rod, I, w- I want to ask you about this because you're the only one that can speak to it. I mean, I've talked to guys like yourself over the years about it, but what happens when you start stacking talent uh, on a roster? Um, it's not that you're looking over your shoulder, but the competition makes you better Monday through Friday before the game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, from both ways, right? You got it where you – like I was, I got a chance to practice up against Roy Williams, B.J. Johnson, and Sloan Thomas every day. So I, <laughs> those guys had NFL Sunday skill sets. Came in as five-star receivers. Uh, so I got a chance to cultivate my skill set up against NFL caliber players every day. And I knew that if I could lock down Roy Williams in one-on-one, then there weren't a lot of guys in the game that were going to give me trouble. Um, and that's how I could really, uh, you know, re- really refine my skill set. And on the other side of that when you bring in guys like Michael Huff and Cedric Griffin and Nathan Vasher, guys who have a probably higher upside than Rod B. Let's be honest, Rod. It's straight up. <laughs> Those guys had higher upsides to me. Uh, were drafted higher than me for a good reason. Um, but it pushed me to be the best player that I could be. I had to yeah. keep to keep my job. I I had to work harder than uh, those guys. I had to stay longer, watch more film, and had to perform at a higher level. Otherwise, they take my job. That's what that iron sharpens iron mentality does for a team when you start stockpiling that kind of talent where the, the practice is away tougher than the games because you're going up against elite talent and NFL caliber players down to down and in practice uh, every session. That's what's happening at Texas right now. That's it. Well, I, and I, I just, Rod, you can't if you go back, so I've been following Texas for 30 years professionally, right? right. Uh, you go back uh, to the early 90s and, you know, the team wasn't that talented. Mac Brown comes in. Randy Rogers and John Makovic had started to add in some people like Leonard Davis, Mike Williams, Casey Hampton, Sean Rogers. All those guys were there with Rod, right? Um, They were there before Rod and those guys got there. Those guys are very similar. I mean, look, Leonard Davis and Casey and Sean may be better than Byron Murphy and uh, Christian Jones and uh, Jalen Ford and those guys. But Steve Sarkeesian is adding the same level of talent in the recruiting classes. And so – there is a path right now that is very promising for the University of Texas. Yep. And that, that, more than anything, has got me excited about the future of Longhorn Athletics. It's not just going to the SEC for me because I think that's – I mean, you're running the gauntlet when you go in the SEC. Everybody knows that. Yep. But you go to the SEC with the right pieces, 
you're competing for national championships. Well, that's, the, the, that's the key. And I think that's a bow on top of that conversation. And, Jerry, you've said to us many times, I've heard you say it many times, good, great players want to play with great players. That's it. And they want to play in the 12-team playoff, and they that's want to it. play in the SEC. Texas now checks all those boxes. They check all those boxes, and that's why this move is huge. I mean, look, Texas is not having the success recruiting in the state of Florida. They are without move, the move to the SEC. No chance. I mean, there's just no chance. Uh, that that happens in the state of Florida right now. Those kids have been going. Look, I mean, you look at the recruitments that are won. I mean, Senator Baxter was an FSU fan. But still, I mean, you're talking Alabama. You're talking Florida. You're talking Georgia. I mean, you're talking all those programs that you're having to beat for these kids. All these kids have grown up watching the SEC dominate the, the national championships outside of Clemson, the awards, the NFL draft. That's what they know. Now, their parents can tell them a different history, but the kids know what they know. And this move to the SEC has opened so many doors in recruiting. I mean, Bobby, Arch Manning, throw him out the window. That's different. Derek Williams. If Texas isn't moving to the SEC, do they really Colin truly Simmons. get Derek Williams? Colin Simmons was going to an SEC school. He told me that when he was a sophomore in high school. The first time I went to Duncanville to actually sit down and talk with him, I'm going to play in the SEC. And he was going to play in the SEC. And now Texas is headed there. Guys, thanks so much. Uh, we'll send it back to Patrick. I know you guys got to scoot. You've been here a long time. It's been a long day. You were at the golf tournament this morning out at Fire Wheel with all the, uh, the Texas X's. That's a blast. You guys have done a great job today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Aaron, awesome. thank you, and thanks to Terry, Terry Black. Black. What, awesome. a, what a great place and great venue. Absolutely. And we'll be on the uh, watch-along on Texas watch-along tomorrow and on Texas football during the game. I'll be hosting with – Jerry's going to check in from the stadium. I'm going to check in from, <laughs> from the, the stadium. From the game. Yeah. Bobby will be there. Rod will be there. It'll be great. So watch along if you're not in the Cotton Bowl. Patrick, we'll, uh, we'll let you take it to the break. There you go. Aaron Hogan out there. Thanks to the guys, Jerry Hamilton, Bobby Burton, for joining us uh, for this special Texas OU Sports Complex three-hour edition. Rob Baber still in the studio with me. Uh, we'll be back. We're going to keep reading your text. 512-447-3776. What quarter for you will be the most important for Texas against OU? Your final score predictions? How are you feeling? Is anybody picking OU? Other than the Sooner fans, I know I've had someone here during this week that some Sooner fans texting in. Do you guys think you're going to win? If you're a Sooner fan listening, text in 512-447-3776. We'll come back, read some more texts. Some good news I'll give you for the Rangers and for the Cowboys. Some good injury news I just read. So uh, we'll get to that and more Texas OU talk as we come back on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. I wasn't born on my back and I'm not written to lose. My skin is deeper than all of my scars and tattoos. My soul stays clean, although my brain's so in blues. But today I wake up without even getting the snooze. My heart goes Back on the Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon, doing a big Texas OU preview, man. Aaron Hogan out, Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas, getting a feel for the city night before the big game. Rob Babers in studio with me. It is a 5-1-2 Friday, so we're playing local music you can go check out around town this weekend. This is Brian Scartochi. He was playing Saturday at the White Horse. Gives you that old soul feel Brian Scartochi does. He's one of the best at it. Does such a great job. Uh, we are going to have uh, getting your text going, 512-447-3776. You got my man Aaron if you got questions for him, or Rod if you got questions for him. We'll Post try and shizzle. get to those. Uh, we are asking the Big Fat Poll today, what is the most important quarter for Texas going to be uh, against OU? We're trying to get your final score predictions 
as well. All of that coming up uh, on the show. We'll keep it going. Uh, tomorrow, if you want to catch me, I'll be out at the Field House at the crossover for the watch party. Pre-game with Aaron and Rod, 9 to 11, right here on the Horn. I think that covers all of our bases, Rod. I think so, man. I mean, and, and shout out to my man E. Hogan's putting in the work. Did the morning show with me, then drove to Dallas, uh, down there at Terry Black's. Now he does get to eat at Terry Black's for like six straight hours, so that does help. <laughs> but he's driving back for the pregame, so uh, he's working hard to make sure. And my man Patrick's working hard, too, because uh, he and Jacob are going to be out at the field house to make sure we got all our bases covered. So if you need somewhere to watch the game, whether you're in Austin, whether you're hanging out in Dallas, you need somewhere to hang out with the community, with the family, we're trying to take care of you. Yes, we yeah. want to be everywhere. Uh, going back to the text line, uh, we're getting all of our text in that we're asking about the quarter. We get another first quarter and a nice picture of some Oklahoma Sucks beer. Can't go wrong drinking a nice <laughs> Oklahoma Sucks beer. I've had the beer. I don't think I've ever drank it, though. I've seen it. I, I've Someone's bought me a six-pack, and I've had it, and then I just sat my friend, and I didn't want to open it. I, I got to say, I've never drank it. I, never is it good? It. I'm not saying it's bad. I've never drank no, it. No, neither though. have I. I've, yeah. just, I've had them in my hand, but hey. I've never drank one. You know, it's a good brand, though, because OU does suck. So it's, it's a consistent true. brand. It's, it's, yes. a, it's a truthful brand. It's tried, yes. <laughs> it is tried and true. No doubt. Uh, final <laughs> score, 41 to 27. The problem is I don't know who wins. I think we, we wow. come on. Come you don't on. know who wins. You think Oklahoma's putting up 41 points? <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's to me. That's they can score. Just they haven't faced a defense like Texas. Yeah. I don't know if they can score that against Texas. Yeah, if, if Texas allows forty-one points, then that then means it's going to be a, a bad day. That, what that means is defense. This has been a fugazi, a fugazi. If they score forty-one yeah. on Texas, that means everything before this that we've seen, it may it may have been you know not substantive. Because yeah. and I don't believe that. I think the Texas defense is for real, but they're going to test that secondary. If they can get some deep balls, maybe they'll get some cheap scores. You're going to get a lot of deep balls, Gil. It's uh, 47. Yeah, because yeah, I don't see them running the ball to get 47, uh, no, 40 points on no. Texas. Yeah. Uh, we get this one, 41 to 23 OU. So Texas beats OU 41 to 23. Uh, fourth quarter, Arch gets his first game action. No way. I don't think Arch is coming in in this game. I think Malik still comes in in this game yeah. if it comes down to that point. I mean, hell, they was beating them. With, you got 49-0 to zero last year, and hell, Quinn stayed in the game for a long time, right? They did get to yeah. the third-string quarterback, though, last year, I believe. Yeah, I we'll believe see. they did. If they do it, if they if they, if they, they do it, have. it's just to stick it to Oklahoma. It, that would be it. Yes. It's just to say, it's to say they're going to say, well, we want Arch to play in four. So if we're going to put him in, <laughs> so he can play in four. <laughs> I mean, you could technically save the red shirt, but I just don't see that happening. Oklahoma, but you can still save the red shirt even if you play him. I don't think he's yeah, in four no, games. You're right. I just, I say, I, I think, I don't think Oklahoma will be that bad. Yeah, where Texas will have a chance to put in the third string quarterback. If they do, Brent Venables is on the hot seat. Immediately, yes. If it's that bad, uh, Coach Rodney from Rosebud Live says third quarter adjustments that work and make Texas look like number three in the nation. I might start sipping Kool Aid if that happens. If you're not sipping Kool Aid after Texas runs through the hardest part of their schedule undefeated, Man. I don't know what it's going to take for you to sip some Kool Aid. Yeah, you just don't like Kool Aid. Then I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're going to be we'll be drinking a swimming pool full of Kool Aid if they can come out and play well against Oklahoma. Honestly, I'm already pretty much drinking the Kool Aid. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not wasted on it. But I've been <laughs> sipping on the Kool Aid for after that Bama game. I think we all started sipping a little bit. Uh, we get the most important quarter for Oklahoma is the fourth, the first quarter. They need to prove themselves. So Brent Venable changes are applicable. Uh, against Texas. And they're really good in the first quarter. They're actually they're leading the country in first quarter point differential with 15. 
Yes. So they're really good. And in the first for Texas, quarter. it's the second quarter. Like you already said, Brent Venables is going to throw the kitchen sink at us. Second quarter is when Texas will be able to adjust better. And I think if you could go with the second quarter, that if Texas is able to withstand an early storm from Oklahoma, kind of get through that opening script and still play really well. Mm-hmm. And if they're still going in it and scoring, if, you know, if they're consistent through the first and second quarter, and then we know they can come out and have that big flurry in the third or fourth. Uh, that would be a big, big uh, coup for Texas there. I agree with you on that. Yeah, because they haven't had the fast starts this year. But they've had the strong finish. They have. They have. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take one more break uh, before we get to the top of the hour, 6 o'clock hour. Uh, Aaron will rejoin us out at Terry Black's in Dallas. More with Brad Babers, more with myself, more with you on the text line, 512-447-3776. All that on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.